Okay, it's going. Actually, wait, wait. Give it a second. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another special edition of the Tayshawn Muscles Podcast. All right. I'm here with my boy, Dan Croshaw. What's up, Trev? Dan, should we, should we talk a little bit about how we bonded as managers of the BYU basketball team so people can understand our basketball bond? No, I think we should save that for another time. Just so people know, we did, in fact, bond as managers of a basketball team. We actually uh, listened to a lot of the Ringer pods of, of the Ringer does some podcasts of former college managers telling funny stories about um, their experience managing college basketball teams. And man, we have some good stories. Yeah. But those, that's those not, pods are pretty relatable. Yeah, they're very relatable. What, what, you'll get a hoot out of that. But that's not what we're here doing today. Um, we Dan and I are in town, and we decided to rally the gang again real quick and talk about um, SportsIllustrated.com's uh, article, their Top 100 article that just came out. Shout out to Ben Golliver, for, uh, fellow Beavertonian and Oregonian. Shout uh, out to Ben. Ben actually graced us with his presence at NBA Summer League this year, and we got a photo with him, uh-huh. and it even made his Instagram story. So consider us famous, kind of. Yeah, he, he was a really cool dude. So props to him for putting together this list. And they, So it's, it's Ben Golliver and Rob Mahoney, and they spend hours and hours over the summer. I mean, they have more free time comparatively than when they do in the regular season. And... They crunch the numbers. They seek opinions of other of other writers of of teams, and they compile this list of the top 100 players in the NBA. Yeah, and it's 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 so fun to gives us something to talk about, like talking points for basically another month. Yeah, because the there's like starts. nothing else to talk. It's about. It's like right dead now. air. So they publish it at the perfect time because. Training camp's just about to start, and we can talk about, you know, what's coming up this season. So it's really fun to just kind of analyze it and get excited for the season, which starts in literally like a month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Which is so so when this list comes out, it gets a lot of flack, and people talk about who should be included that wasn't, um, who should be higher, who should be lower. And, of course, everyone's going to have their different opinions. Trev and I obviously have our own opinions, which we're going to discuss. And I honestly don't know if we're going to agree on some of the things that I made notes about. We're not. Uh, We might be making some bets throughout the pod just to make the rest of the season a little bit more juicy. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so we're just going to talk for a few minutes, kind of casual, talk about the list where we think it's too high, too low, place some money on it, let the money talk, and Uh. get going. All right, Dan, so you start us off. Like, what's what's the – Number one thing that popped out for you on that list that you wanted to discuss? Well, there's a lot of things that pop out. I want to I want to talk about a couple of caveats that I have. And like looking at last year's list, there are a lot of guys that, for example, like Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas, like those guys were in the top 50. Like Marcus Saul, Paul Millsap, those guys were top 20. So it really is kind of unpredictable year to year. And injuries play a lot of part too. And you don't necessarily who's gonna you don't know who's gonna improve their game or fit in better with their team in any given season, but I want to talk about how they rank their players first because it's important that we establish how they're ranking their players. Good point. So we know how we're approaching this. So they say that they they rank their players in a vacuum, kind of independent of team construct, outside factors. So my way of interpreting this is that say you have a team of average players like they're perfectly 
replacement level like clones like robots like they're 15th in offense you have a team that's like 15th in offense 15 in defense you throw any given player onto that team are they going to make the team better than a different player and i think for the sake of this it's important that we distinguish we're we're just going to talk about value added in a regular season context so it's not the nba finals we know that certain players are more prone to success in like against the Rockets or against the Warriors in switch-heavy schemes. So just creating as equal level of a playing field as possible. Just who helps you out better. And that's like – so not necessarily like who would win in a one-on-one game, right? It's like yeah. who helps an average NBA team better. Yeah, because like Draymond's ranked what, 15th? Uh, 13th, I think. 13th? Draymond's not beating Lillard, uh, Kyrie – Clay, Lowry, Wall, Simmons, Hayward in a one-on-one battle, who he's all no. ranked above of. But they consider him better like to help an NBA team win. So yeah, that's important to to realize and I'm I am going to throw some caveats in there because there's some players ranked here that I think when it comes down to it are ranked way too high when it comes to the the playoffs. But then once again, teams we shouldn't rate players just on if they can beat the warriors because the warriors are a dynasty once in a time like once in a lifetime team uh-huh so you can't you can't judge all players just based off well he'll get shredded by steph in game six because yeah. well pretty much everyone is so. yeah so let's just start i'm gonna i'm just gonna read the 100 through 95th and you tell me which players because there there's a, probably a chance i have a couple of these guys that i don't think should be on the list so let me hear what you have to say so it's it goes Lonzo 100, Brooke Lopez 99, Pau 98, Reggie Jackson 97, Dirk 96, Damari 95. My number one objection to this list is Dirk just popped out to me. Dirk doesn't belong anywhere near this list. And it's fine to have like legacy picks for things like Actually no, it's not fine. The only thing it's fine to have a legacy pick for is like the Hall of Fame, if you ask me. Yeah, there's like the, there's no, no yeah. NBA awards you should value prior seasons contributions, and Dirk will tell you himself like he can't run anymore. He's not going to. Can you imagine Dirk playing in the playoffs right now? I can't imagine. Zero percent chance. And and I I'm saying that just as I got done saying this is a regular season thing. But like even in the regular season, he's a marginal contributor at best. He contributes only on one side of the floor, and. My man Dirk, like Dirk, doesn't belong on this list. I can think of like thirty players I'd rather have on this list than Dirk. Yeah, I, I can for think next of, season. I would put Luka Doncic on this list, his new rookie to- teammate, yeah. and he hasn't even oh, played an NBA minute yeah. yet. And I would put him on the list. That's over another Dirk. thing they they don't have rookies on here. We should say that because I think yeah. Luka could be in contention, and I would agree with you that I would value him. Like Dirk's not a top three player on his team. No, and his team is like what like bottom five in the NBA, maybe bottom ten. Uh, right? Like you take Barnes, DJ, Doncic over him next year, right? Yeah. Yeah, easily. Maybe so even Wes Matthews over him. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Uh <laughs> so yeah. Pick, so okay, so we agree there. Who else Man. who else do you see that you that you don't think would be on there? Um Damari Carroll. I'm Kay. just gonna throw him all. I think he's off. I think Reggie Jackson shouldn't be on the list. I don't think Paul Gasol should be on the list. That one I'm a little iffy about. Yeah, Powell. I guess I'm okay Similar with to it. Dirk, Powell contributed a little bit more than he did last year, and his defensive metrics are pretty high. But the dude, I mean, oh, also, I was looking at him last year, and he was, I think he was in the 50s. So he dropped from the 50s okay, to the yeah, 90s. Okay, he dropped a lot. And he had a precipitous fall last year in his production, and I don't see why we should expect that not to happen. 
going into the upcoming season. Yeah, I just there's nothing turning around. He's just gonna I, get worse. I think he's a twenty minute per game player. So I'm saying see a pal. Like let's get some younger I, blood onto the top one hundred. I could see I could um, ca- I could easily come up with fifteen players right now. I'd rather have a name one. To. All fifteen. Um like Marcus Smart, Rajon Rondo, right off the top of my head. Yeah. Marcus Smart should be on the list. Okay, I'm so gonna let's say. talk about that. That brings up my next point, okay? I can bring up what they said about Marcus Smart, or is your point about Yeah, it, else? no, it leads into it, okay? okay? So, caveat here. I'm biased on this point because I am a Portland Trailblazer diehard, so the Lakers are my nemesis, and I'm also an Oregon Duck fan, so I don't like the Bruins in the Pac-12. So mm-hmm. I'm just, and then you throw in all the BBB hype anyways. I am, I am lower than I should be on Lonzo Ball. I admit that. But I think I'm rightfully have a just case that he should not be ranked as the 100th player on this list. He should yeah, have cracked pro- it. Projection has got to be all of what they have. And I'm higher on Lonzo Ball's upside than you are. I know this for a fact. Yeah, you are. And I think it's reasonable to think that projecting forward to next season's production, that, and ah, this is so hard because it's unfair to group his production with LeBron because I think LeBron is going to help him out a lot. But we're ranking players in a vacuum here, and it, it's not fair to... It, it depends how Luke Walton's going to play LeBron, though, right? Because Lonzo Ball, his whole point, how everyone says, is he makes his teammates better because he has the ball in his hands. Well, how is LeBron going to play? I would, Lonzo I would Ball's argue, not a spot-up shooter. I'd argue with that. I don't think he makes his players better by having the ball in his hands. He's a unique player because he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to make his teammates better. Like his, Yeah, well, his he shouldn't because when he has the ball in his, his hands, are, he can't make a shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he can't shoot layups. He can't shoot threes. At least he couldn't last season, but... So I'm I'm encouraged by some of the videos. It looked like he moved his shot like one inch to the right, well, like closer to the correct s- arm slot. Yeah, but it's still and it's still general wonky kind of shot though. He didn't so, he didn't, so he didn't switch you, the hit. Who are he you didn't re- fix the hitch. Who are you replacing him with on the list? Marcus Smart or Rajon Rondo? Okay, easy. What about Malcolm Brogdon? Yep, I thought about him. Oh yeah, this. yeah. Yeah, I I would I would do that too. Now I get where people are saying because Lonzo Ball has potential and he got injured, but when I'm just going into next season about in terms of confidence of what a player could do next season, Mal like Lonzo can't shoot right now, fellas and ladies. I'm out here. Yeah, Kenny Kenny. Anyways, I'm, I'm get, not. I don't want to get a Lonzo shoot. wormhole. I'm but. pulling up. Do people want to hear about Lonzo though? So I'm pulling up his uh, advanced stats from last year, and I'm willing to put our first bet on the board regarding Lonzo. And it's not going to be about a shooting. I was going to say, I'll bet you a million dollars that Malcolm no, no, Broadwell shoots better than no, no, Lonzo it's, Ball. It's not going to be about his shooting production. Oh, do you want to? Let's let's just make it straight on Brogdon versus, versus Lonzo. I'm going to say. What? what? What metric? I'm going to say, um, should we do box plus minus? Yeah. Or win shares. I'll take either one. That Lonzo is higher than Brogdon next year. Yeah. Um, Tell me which one. Uh, and and listeners, you can follow up with us at the end of the season. We'll, we will be paying out on these bets. Yeah, let's do we're box putting, plus minus. We're putting five on this. We're a little bit let's broke right now. We're trying to increase the savings. And Okay, box plus minus. I think ball will be higher than Brogdon next year. Okay, what do you want to talk about next? Um, Let me bring up my list again. Uh, Damari Carroll, I did want to defend Damari Carroll. I do think that he belongs but seeing him there, his his RPM, I think he he was either top ten or close to it in small forwards last year. 
And when I saw him in Brooklyn, he looked like a totally different player than he was last year on the Raps. So I think, I think people just assumed that after last year that injuries had derailed his career and he was done. Yeah, he put together. But I saw he looked he looked springy. He looked athletic and he shot really well last year. So I think at his position, and yeah, he gets killed for not being able to defend LeBron. But who can? Um, no OG, one. <laughs> which is another guy we can talk about being on this list. But I'm I'm fine with him not being on this year. Uh, but somebody who reminds me of Damari that I think should definitely be on this list that I do not hear enough people talking about is Torian Prince. This is your so Torian. Yeah, and Torian Prince isn't even my guy. Like I, I no, never really liked guy. him at Baylor. I liked his press conference. Do you remember his press conference when he said, when the team, uh, he got asked, how did they lost to some mid major? I want to say, I want to say like Austin P. Mm. Uh, that's that's probably wrong. But they asked him, how is it possible that this team grabbed more rebounds than you? And because Baylor has yeah, all NBA athletes on their front line, and he said, well. What happens is they reach two hands in the air, they secure the ball, they bring it down, and they go the other way. So a Greg Pop And they did that more than us. A pop answer. A pop answer. Anyway, the second half of last year, I think Torian Prince, I think he was putting up uh, 18, 4.5, and 4.5 on above average true shooting, on like 59% true shooting. Was that his per, like thir- the second half per 36? That was his averages. That was his average. Oh, game. wow. Uh huh. He was the best player in the Hawks second half of last year. He was better than Shooter. He was better than Bazemore, and he See, was I'm an older rookie. See, I'm fine with I, I'm fine with putting him of, in front of Alonso because it's already someone who has established like NBA. Yeah. Like, are you are you ready for uh, another take that I have on somebody that should be dropping out of this? Yeah, let's hear it. I don't think Vucevic belongs. Really? I haven't even. I for sometimes I forget he exists. So okay, Where's so I'm 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 gonna go. I'm going to read some more. So we left off with Damari Carroll in 95. So Fred Van Vliet, who also I can make an argument that Tyus Jones is as good as Fred Van Vliet. Are you, are you prepared to hear that argument? I actually don't really disagree with that that much. Tyus Jones is good. He's just, yeah, he w- I mean, Van Vliet was on a bigger stage. And actually, I don't know if I believe that. I just think that the drop from Van Vliet to Tyus Jones is not as big as people might think it is. I don't necessarily Especially on that. defense. Like, Tyus Jones wrecks on defense. And Van Vliet competes, and he impresses me, but Tyus Jones is more gifted on that end. Okay, so Van Vliet is 94. Uh, Olenek is 93. I'm down with that. Well, good I'm down with that. Uh, Fournier is 92. Bazemore, 91. And Vucevic is 90. So Vucevic has the counting stats, but how many Magic games did you watch last year? Man, not that many. We need to get our boy Saruti on here. Wait, does he love the magic? Yeah, he's he's a magic fan. Um, okay. So Nikola Vucevic, I think he so he expanded to three point range last year, which is the only saving grace that I see for him and the reason why he should be on this list. Uh his rebounding dropped. He does not protect the rim at all. He's statuesque on the perimeter in defense. And he shoot like his free throw rate is comically low. It's like I think it's like five or six percent for a big man, which plummets his. So you dropping him off the top one hundred? I'm, I'm dropping him off. I don't see him contributing to a winning team in any way. Who would you pick? Who would, who would I you pick? Like somebody like Torian Prince, um, Marcus Smart. I don't. I don't have my list up here of the people I thought were snubs. Which 
Man, I, I guess I, guess I don't disagree totally with that. I'd rather have like Montrez Harrell. Wow. Okay. I don't disagree with that. Actually, you know, now I, that now that I say that, I yeah, I have no doubts about that. Like I'm even thinking about last year. Mm-hmm. Would I rather have Ed Davis? Well, do you think Ed Davis can play as many minutes as Busevich does? Yes. He can handle that workload. Then yeah, yeah I take Ed Davis over Busevich. Yeah, I'm with you on that take. Vucevic yeah, just seems to be that guy who who has empty minutes and empty stats. Yeah, he's big, so he gets rebounds. But yeah, what and, other value does he, he really he add? He is to that? what he is at this point, and I honestly think his three point percentage because he shot. I, th- um, I can pull this up, or it's not that important. He shot high thirties last year, which, but I thought it was kind of a flash in the pan. Okay, um, should I read the next five? Yeah. Or do you have any other? No, nope. keep going. All right, so at 89, we have DeJounte Murray, 88, Kyle Anderson, former Spurs teammates right next to each other, 87, Andre Iguodala, 86, James Johnson, 85, P.J. Tucker. Thoughts on those guys? I I have a really hard time getting my mindset out of playoff basketball. That's something I have to work on because, I mean, that's obviously where I watch every single game of every series, and it's the most fresh in my mind, too, because it just happened this summer. So when I see someone like P.J. Tucker who – I watched play 44 minutes a game mm-hmm. uh, for three series and was like just like linchpin. Ir- yeah, the linchpin, the irreplaceable of the Houston Rockets. And then I see Taj Gibson, Lowry Marketin ahead of him, Dennis Schroeder ahead of him, Serge Ibaka. Like I, I just – it doesn't make sense to me. So yeah. I, that that's the first thing that pops off. Yeah, I'd, I'd switch him with Serge, who's at 78. Oh, easily. I would jump – okay, we agree there. So I think PJ is too low. Um I think he could go higher. What um, What do you think about about slow mo at eighty eight? Because I saw a lot of people hating on that. Man, we've had actually some slow mo th- conversations in our texting group, and you've kind of warmed me on him a little bit. Uh huh. Because you think he's going to break out for the Grizzlies? Not necessarily I'm, break I'm out. I'm targeting him in fantasy this year. I think he's going to get more than thirty minutes. Well, and yeah, he that, does, that, he that, doesn't hurt your team. He doesn't raise the ceiling of your team necessarily, but I think he raises the floor a lot. Man. I would probably put him in front of yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm looking at Taj Gibson again and ten, Dennis Schroeder. I'm just going up the list and seeing mm-hmm. people who I think are I would replace him with, and I would do that. Wait, you do what? I I would. Uh, what I'm saying is I would flip, um, slow mo with Schroeder. Oh, I I don't know if I would go that far. Oh, man, I'm I'm pretty high on Schroeder, in Oklahoma City. Okay, so I'm I'm on that hill. You are on that hill. Yeah, and I just don't see how that works out with Russell Westbrook. Okay, let's let's think about a bet for that in a second. But we're we're getting to those numbers. <laughs> yeah, I don't see I that. I just wanted to point out 85 through 87 are possibly the three guys in the NBA I would least want to get in a fight with. PJ Tucker, James Johnson. I agree with Iguodala. both of those. I don't Iggy, you does he have a tr- street cred record of getting in like you don't want to get in a fight with no, him? No, for all Yeah, by all reports he's an upstanding citizen. No, but I'm like, not talking about off the court. But, but everyone has their buttons you can push. Like, nah, he could tear you up. He's got reach, nah. and he's ripped. I don't know. <laughs> that was just what came to mind there. Uh, James Johnson. Are you ready that. to hear me talk about how I think Marcus Smart should be where Dejounte Murray is? Dejounte Murray number eighty nine. Yeah, I'm fine with I, that. I think like I said he should be in front of Alonzo Ball. So yeah, go ahead. I just think that Marcus Smart is a more valuable player next year in a vacuum. Than DeJounte Murray. Well, I agree with you. Yes. Okay. Well, and then I'm also, oh. I'm, I, I, I do the replacement type of thing. So next year, 
first off, I do it for Lonzo Ball, right? Mm-hmm. Would the Lakers be better with their current structure of LeBron with Marcus Smart on their team? Would they seem more formidable with Smart or Lonzo Ball? I'd choose Smart in a heartbeat. Okay, I cannot imagine Marcus Smart in a Lakers jersey. But yes. Yes, and yes, I, I do the same him. thing with the Spurs. I, okay. I re- You replace him with Murray? Well, my problem with Murray is I don't know if he can run the pick and roll. He hasn't we're, we're gonna see. All. We're going to see this year. Marcus Smart can at least run the pick and roll. Obviously, neither are spot-up shooters. And I think that Smart's defense is more versatile. I think this is a theme we're actually going to be getting into today, that the multi-positional defense is like players that can lock down one position, like, say, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Like, he can look like a miracle worker when guarding Steph Curry for a five-minute stretch. But how how much does it help you if his help side defense, his rim protection, his rotations aren't mm-hmm. as crisp in mm-hmm. the team? Yeah, that's one interesting... And that's what Marcus Smart is maybe the best backcourt defender in the NBA at, is how he flies around. But so, hold DeJ- on. DeJounte is – did did DeJounte end up getting all defense? I think he got first team, didn't he? I do not remember. Wow. But, I'm jumping but again. He's, for, he got, he's didn't there. He get, let's look it up. You keep talking. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Um, I'm going to go on to the next players on the list. So hold we have, Before you leave, I know you're Marcus Smart guy. Are you willing to put some money on Marcus Smart next year? I want a specific shooting sure. bet. His yeah, that's the thing about his shooting. He came back uh, with a bandage on his left wrist that he was playing with for like a month. And every time Marcus Smart gets injured, uh, okay, so I am willing to put a bet on it. But put your every, money where every your time mouth he is. gets injured, he it takes him like three weeks to remember how to shoot. Like he'll have so many one for eight, two for eleven games. Well, there's no <laughs> injury injury con- like contingencies in this bet. That's what I'm saying. If there was an injury contingency, I would 100% bet it. But I'm willing to bet. So last year he shot 30% from three. All right. Okay. I'm willing to bet he'll shoot 33% or higher. I want 35, so we're doing 34. 30. Compromise. I'm not willing to go 34. Oh, Let's come move on. on. Let's move on. 33. 33.5. 33.5? $5. Still no. Still no. Need 33. Wow. That All shows right. you how much confidence he has. In I don't. I think I don't have a ton of confidence. I have a little bit of confidence. So going on, eighty-four is Larry Markkinen, eighty-three Todd Gibson, uh, eighty-two Terry Rozier, uh, eighty-one Alfred Camino, and eighty Dennis Schroeder. That scary Terry really jumped up there. I I hate to bring up Marcus Smart again, but lots. It's a hot debate in Celtics camps of who is more valuable between Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier. Who would you choose? And that just shows I would choose Rogier just because of his shooting prowess. Uh, how much do you think his 0 for 10 in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals is dropping him on this list? So you think let's, he should let's be say, higher than 82? Yeah, I do. Um, let's say he shoots four for 10, which is the percent that he averaged overall from three in the playoffs. Celtics win Game Seven, and he continues to average. What like fifteen five and five in the NBA Finals? How high would he be on this list? Yeah, I see what you're saying. He'd probably. I think I think he's at least fifteen spots higher. Yeah, because I'm even looking at some of these people. Yeah, he would. He would have passed Serge Ibaka, Thaddeus mm-hmm. Young, Nicholas yeah. Batum, Will Barton. Yeah, especially if. You, yeah, you're right. I'll take I'll take it there. So as a Celtics fan, would you if you had to pick one or the other right now? Would you pick Rozier over Smart? I would pick Rozier. He's not going to stay though, is he? It's either him or Kyrie. That's how I see it. Oh, shoot. But Danny Ainge has pulled the bunny out of the hat recently. Like, there's been so many times over the past three years when I thought that 
we were coming to the end of the road with certain players and it just keeps it we going. end up yeah either turning them into better players or somehow retaining them actually not really retaining because i remember thinking about it with avery bradley and um, well avery bradley was he on the list last year i bet he was he was in the f- low 50s he was yeah. like 52 and he dropped off uh-huh and jay crowder did Mm-hmm. Wow, so is this list basically just yeah, a Jay, testament to Brad Stevens? Jay, but then again, Jay Crowder is someone that I would rather have than, for example, Pau Gasol or, v- or Vucevic. Yeah, I think both those guys are. Let's talk about Taj Gibson. Mm. People thought Taj Gibson was washed last year. He's not. And it seems like he really held the T-Wolves together at points. I just kind of want somebody more exciting at 83. Yeah, you just, when you think, yeah, all Taj Gibson I think about is just... Bro, yeah. Todd Gibson might be one of my least favorite players to watch in the NBA. Is that messed uh, up? Higher than Kevin Love? Uh, you mean less enjoyable to watch? Yeah, that's what I meant. Like you, you dislike watching him more than Kevin Love. Uh, they're in different categories of dislike. Todd Gibson is more just out of boredom. <laughs> Kevin Love is just the aesthetic value is not that. Like Kevin Love actually does things though. Uh, but yeah, Taj, I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm with you on that. But uh, he brings value to the team, so a lot of value. Where would the where would the Timberwolves be without him that's last a g- year? That's that's so a good point. But we're talking about next year. Like, do you foresee a drop off? I think he's going to be 32. And how many minutes has Tibbs run him into the floor? I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting conversation later on too. We could have about the Bulls. All the the articles coming out that's saying, have, did you see what Jamal Crawford said about Tibbs? No. He said it just it wasn't a fun environment for me playing there wasn't fun yeah it doesn't sound like it so i mean then we have all the jimmy butler drama uh-huh so who but knows? the the players seem to love him though like Luol Deng's going back uh, do the players love him or is tip or is it the because they're washed is, Tibbs like is the only syndrome is it the only place that they could go well in Luol Deng's case that might be it yeah i think with derrick rose but, too so i just yeah. don't think they have any other i don't think they love Tibbs. i just don't think they have any other place to go okay let's keep going up the list here 79, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, 78, Serge Ibaka, 77, Trevor Ariza, 76, Thaddeus Young, 75, Brandon Ingram. Okay, so my one comment on this, and I think we both agree here, is that Brandon Ingram is pretty low. Way low. So, well, I guess... I guess I was hoping I was going to be the only one that had that. Oh, shoot, no. Well, I guess it's actually the the correct term is he's he's too... Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I agree with you. Um... Okay, cause so let's let's walk through this real quick, okay? Brandon Ingram, what did he average last year? Sixteen and a half points, shot almost thirty forty percent from three, like thirty nine percent from three. Up. I think he shot thirty nine percent. Thirty nine percent from three, low attempts, but still like a marked improvement from the previous season, which is what you're looking for. Yes. It, so his rookie year, he shot under thirty percent. Last year, he thought th- he shot thirty nine percent. And how old is he? Twenty one. Last year was his age twenty season. Okay, so you factor all that in together. When I watched Laker games, I honestly felt like, I mean, he can get to the rim basically, I don't want to say at will, but pretty easily. I almost felt more comfortable him initiating the offense than I did with Lonzo Ball when it came to the Lakers. And so I think he should be 15 spots higher, at least. I'm looking, I mean, we'll keep going up the list, but Harrison Barnes is at number 59. I know this is what you said before, Dan. Jeff Teague's at 58. I would put Lonzo, uh, I would put Brandon Ingram right up there with those guys. Mm -hmm. Probably higher in that spot. So yeah, I would agree with you. I think, I think you should be up 20 to 25 spots and I don't have the names pulled up, so I can't tell you exactly who right now, but 
It's interesting mm-hmm. that uh, so seventy four is Andrew Wiggins right in front of him, a max NBA player, Andrew Wiggins. 74. That's just an interesting topic. I do want to talk about that because every time I hear somebody talk about a player in a vacuum, it's hard for me to ignore the situation that they find themselves in. Like Andrew Wiggins was drafted in Minnesota, had a lot of responsibilities heaped on his shoulders right away. And it seems to be not like a toxic, I don't want to say like it's a toxic culture, but it's not the best. And it seems like he has Jimmy Butler harping on him nonstop. I just think about somebody like Andrew Wiggins compared to Jalen Brown on the Celtics who's in the 40s and how good would Wiggins look if he was on the Celtics and we'll never know is the sad part about it and yeah people, team team structure and people always talk about Kawhi going to the Spurs and how that was perfect for him and I think that's kind of hogwash to say that Kawhi couldn't have thrived in other teams but I don't know I think Andrew Wiggins needs a change of scenery Plus. and it sounds like Jimmy's going to be leaving so I think one of those two needs to go. It sounds like it's going to be Jimmy. I wish it was Wiggins, though, because I just want to see him on a different team. Man, I th- I'm lower on Wiggins than you are. but Yeah. I, and I, at, at some point, it's like the the team that you were drafted by, the team that you're being indoctrinated into, like they become a, a part of you, and mm-hmm. you're not necessarily independent of that yeah. team. So I, don't, I can't say that. Wiggins could be better going somewhere else in his career at this point, but I do think that I don't know something about his situation did not do the best to bring out his potential. Um, yeah, well, he kind of yeah, th- there, yeah. There's there's no argument really that he belongs higher on this list. No, given what we know. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You're so you're not arguing that he should be higher right now. I'm not. You arguing. just you just think he could be higher if he was in a different uh-huh. team structure. Because what from what he's shown, seventy four seems about right to me. Yeah. But I'm with you on there. Minnesota's been turmoil lately with coaches revolving door, and Thibs hasn't really helped. So I'm mm-hmm. with you there. So, But here's just another example. So, Nick, one last thing about Brandon Ingram. So I, I'm – I mean, like I said, I'm not – I'm a Blazer fan, so I don't – I can't root for the Lakers. But I <laughs> I really like Ingram, okay? Uh-huh. And when – Nicholas Batoon is 73 on this list. He's two spots higher. Is there one statistical category that Nicholas Batum did better than Brandon Ingram last year? I can I'll I can look it up for you. Like, is there seriously one? And well, there's there's one. Okay, that's being maybe re- okay. But yeah, I'm sure I, there's. I one. have some friends that call Nicholas Batum three for nine, eight points. Batum, I don't know. That just seems to be what his box score is every time you look at it. But while you're looking that up, I'm just giving that. So you keep going on the list while I'm the, looking this up, okay. maybe. These rankings, so just for for all of our listeners out there, these rankings are also supposed to kind of take into uh, prediction how it's going to their impact their teams next year. That's why Demarcus Cousins is sixty eighth on this list because they're taking into the fact that he tore his Achilles and that he won't play for at least a few months. So when you take into account that Nicholas Batum is old, has been injury prone for a long time now, and it has declined the past two years, and you and you still put him ahead of Brandon Ingram. This is where I have to disagree with my guy, Ben Golliver. So Batum's advanced stats are higher than Ingram's. However, Ingram had a higher true shooting on 5% higher usage than Batum did last year. And I have always thought Batum's defense was over. I thought it it was overrated in Portland. Yes. If if anything, it's dropped. Yes. Well, he's not the same defensive player in Charlotte at all. So he's just a guy that looks like he should be good at defense, you know? Um, Okay. So let's talk about the next two guys I think should both be higher. 
Josh Richardson, Julius Randle. Oh, Agree, disagree. I love Julius Randle. Hey, and I'm the one who got you on the Josh Richardson train. I don't remember that. It's it's quite possible. Oh, no, we did. I texted you like la- last November. I'm like, guys, Josh Richardson is good. And you gave me the shake in my head, the SMH okay. back. All right, whatever. Can I talk <laughs> about Will Barton? Yes, please do. Is there that big of a difference between Will Barton and Tim Hardaway Jr.? Who does not appear on this list? Uh, even down to their body type, it's not much different, right? Kind of lanky. So Will Barton's known supposed to be a little more of a facilitator, right, than Tim Hardaway? Is That's that true? true? Is that That's true? true? It's yeah. Um, I'm, Shooting I'm wise, I don't think there's any difference. In fact, Tim Hardaway might be a better shooter, but I feel like Will Barton's a better facilitator and uh, probably has more assists, less turnovers. Last year, Will Barton was in his age 27 season, posted a box plus minus of one. Tim Hardaway Jr. was in his age 25 season, posted a box plus minus of negative 0.1. And most okay. of that is defense. I, th- yeah. I think, yeah, the playmaking and the defense. So I'll, I'll walk away from the cliff on that, on the, on the Will Barton versus Tim Hardaway Jr. cliff. I'm I, just wa- thought, it, I thought it was interesting. I, I, we agree that Will Barton's body, like, how does he hold up I for don't, a season long? I seriously don't know how he does it. I don't. When he was on the Blazers, I just I I never saw him really um, getting anywhere because I just don't get it how he holds up. But I think the same way of Lou Williams. So yeah, they, I don't know. And they draw fouls too. Yeah, a lot. So well, Will Barton's going to be asked to defend threes this year, which is why he's different than Lou Williams' yeah. situation. Okay, let's go a little bit faster. Because uh, we're, oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we I, I guess we just decided to go through this by numbers and yeah. then throw out whatever comments. Well, so the thing is, I actually have more comments about guys in the latter half of the Me top too. 100 probably than like the top 10. I'm pretty. I'm, I don't have any qualms really with the top yeah. 10, even really the top 20, because I think so much for the top 25 or around there, it's just so much opinion based. And I'd be okay if you're like, well, I want to switch Kyrie and Dane for 17 to 15. I would say, okay. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think it's just a coin flip a lot of the times. Yeah, but when it's down to these lower players, there's like legitimate arguments. This is where the intrigue is. Yeah, legitimate arguments on why why is that player in uh-huh. front of the other one. So before my last, this is the cliff I'm walking on. Okay, I, I think it's ridiculous that Dwight Howard drinks the 69th best player in the NBA. Still, every everything about Dwight and okay, he hasn't he he still hasn't learned really to run the pick and roll. Okay. You th- he has the perfect body to be a Clint Capella type player, a rim runner. Still, really hasn't figured that out or done it. Okay, he hasn't modernized to the NBA to extend the three point range like Nicholas Vucevic. Um, he's not even he's a, still a pretty decent rim protector, but that's it. Okay, he still I don't how many years he's been in the NBA. No post moves, developed no post game. This is going to be his 14th season. Okay, so no post moves in 14 seasons. So I don't know what he's doing in the off season. Um, I'm, this is for my boy Sarudi because I think I pretty much know how much Second he hates Sarudi. Shout out of the yeah, pod. he's my boy. But when, then you also take in the fact of how much he just kills teams. Who did the Hawks just trade him away for, Dan? What what was that trade? No, no, they signed. He sorry, was, sorry, he got traded to the Nets for Mozgov. For Mozgov, yeah. So literally for nothing. And so he's just every team he goes to, he just kills them. He has a negative offensive box plus minus the last his last six years. I, wh- because he hasn't developed anything to modernize his game in the NBA whatsoever. I don't even know what he does on off. He would be the great rim runner, but he doesn't even do that. My, I don't know if it's because he's arrogant or what. Okay, okay my, only, my only counter, I'm high on the Wizards this season. It's because you love John Wall. On, 
I like I don't love John. I like okay. John Wall. Okay. I think he he doesn't get a fair shake because he got ran into the ground last playoffs. But I think the Wizards. I don't know. I I haven't stopped believing. I I don't know what we can make a bet on this about. I want to make a bet on something about Dwight Howard. Okay. I'll so bet my. Let's say. Uh, I I don't want to do it on just something like points or rebounds. I want to do it on an advanced stat. Should we do win shares this time? Okay, so win shares, he averaged 6.8, or he had 6.8 total. Last year? Last year. I'll go, well, he played a lot of minutes. If you play a lot of minutes, you're going to get win shares. Uh, I'll go seven. No, I, I, I don't want to do win shares. I want to do per 48 in case he gets like Kay. misses like 20 games or okay. something. Okay, I'm fine with that. So last year he had .132 win shares per 48. Okay. I'm willing to go point one five or higher because his his year in atlanta he was 0.181 i'm willing to go 0.15 because and are you going to negotiate with me this and, time at all or not pack no, no no packaged in that i wasn't i i gave you what my bet was last time packaged in that is i think the wizards are going to be a good team like i said and i think there's going to be more wins to be shared sure that's kind of how the stats work i'll take it okay higher I'll than one it. than 0.15 yeah per 48 all right, moving on to Marcus Cousins. I don't really want to talk about injured players that much. I feel nah, for I feel, I feel for, for Golliver and Mahoney trying to rank like Hayward and Kawhi especially. So I'll just skip past that. Do are we do we need to jump up to your Roko conversation? No, not yet. Okay. Yeah, let's keep going. Let's go Miles Turner, Aaron Gordon, Tobias Harris. Um that's sixty seven through sixty five. I do think Tobias should be higher. And for just for the reason that like every single year he gets better around the edges. And I don't see a reason why that shouldn't continue. And he's always younger than you think he How is. old is he now, 26? I want to say 26. Yeah, he's 26. Um, I love Tobias Harris. You think he should be higher too? Yeah, I just well, I'm just reflecting back on the Blake Griffin trade. I think that was such a win for the Clippers. I think they didn't even get that steep of a drop-off in terms of talent from Tobias to Blake Griffin, and they got off the monster contract. Like, yeah, I, I just love the trade. I can't decide if I'm pumped to watch the Clippers this year or not. Well, like, Shea Gilders-Alexander is my guy from the draft. Yeah. We, yeah, we all know that. Like, are, are, am I excited about watching any of the other players? I'm not excited about watching Gallinari. I'm, I don't really like – Lou Williams is something that I should like watching, but I don't like watching him. <laughs> I don't like watching Man. Pat Bev or Avery Bradley. But this is what makes the or, West so intriguing because the Clippers kind of have this ragtag band of players and – they they had a, a late season push for the eight seed this year, and I could see them doing the same thing again. Yeah, so. I could see them doing it if Gallus stays healthy the whole year. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about Nurk. Go, man. You're the Nurk specialist. And You're bipolar on Nurk, if we're going to be honest. So yeah, I'm very bipolar. Uh, higher, or lower than sixty four. That's a great question, man. Like honestly, I'd probably I would put Tobias Harris in front of Nurk. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm just looking at people under him. I'd probably put Aaron Gordon in front of Nurk too, um, and probably Miles Turner. So I think Nurk's probably five five spots five five to ten spots too high. I really do. Um, and and part of it might just be my frustration, but there's so so the, the Pelicans last year in the playoffs they just destroyed us um, by trapping Damon CJ out in the pick and roll, and I just felt like so many times Nurkic. Like, if we had a center who could just finish, like, in the rim stronger or pass out of those four-on-three, like, plays after they trap on the pick-and-roll, we could have actually made that a competitive series. But he he just... I, 
he yeah. has those flip shots. He's just you never know what you're gonna get out of him. Okay. I think at the same time that's asking a lot out of a seven foot behemoth that's a defensive. He like he's the defensive anchor. He is. His de- his defensive numbers don't lie. And the Portland's wings, I think, are more at fault for what happened there. The, but that that's just my two cents. So what do you think? Do you think he's too high or do you think I he's think right he's right per- I think he's fine where he's at. Okay. I mean, I don't think he's too high, uh, too much higher five. But I honest, but would you put uh, Harris and Gordon in front of him? Yes. Okay. So yeah, yes. I think we both agree he's probably five spots too high. Okay. So going on, Valanciunas, Reddick, Lou Williams, Miritich. That's sixty-three through sixty. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead of myself a little bit. Okay, I'm gonna jump ahead of myself a little bit. I think that Miritich should be where. Derek Favors is. Derek Favors is 51. Where's Miritich? I think Derek Favors is way too high. Miritich is 60. And I just don't think in in a vacuum or with the Jazz, and I realize that Favors has value because he's center insurance if if Gobert misses time. I realize that lineups with him and Gobert are still a little bit successful. But after the Jazz traded Joe Johnson – their lineups that featured stretch fours, like even if it was Jarebko or Jay Crowder was majority of the time, uh, second half of the year, their offense went way up and their defense like didn't drop in lineups with Gobert. And I'd, I'm imagining them with Miritich instead of Favors at the four. Yes. And I, th- I think it's immensely better. It's un- I think our, our friends Ben and Rob Mahoney listen too much to David Locke. <laughs> Uh, the yeah. David Locke is the uh, is he the radio play by play for the yeah. Jazz, uh-huh. and uh, he hosts a podcast and uh, he's big on Favors and Gobert. Uh, but I I'm with you that that Favors is way too high. I'm actually okay. surprised the Jazz resigned him. Okay, but from the conversation. Uh, should we go on? We're yeah. we're like running out of time. We're running out. Of we talked so much about 100 through 60. Yeah, and we got to get our takes out about the top 50 at least. Okay, I'm gonna read through the entire 50s. How about that? Okay, 59, Harrison Barnes, 58, Jeff Teague, 57, Ricky Rubio, 56, Joe Ingles, 55, Jamal Murray, 54, Saric, 53, Bloodsoe, 52, Porzingis, 51, Favors. I already talked about how I feel about Favors. Yeah, let's just run through these real quick. I think Bloodsoe's too high. Agreed. At 53. Uh, yeah, let's just do it like that. Say if who you think is too high too or too high, low, too and then low. I'll say agreed or, or not. I think Jeff Teague's too high. Agreed. Um, I would drop those guys down to the 70s and 60s, and I'd bump up people like Harris and, and Aaron Gordon. Um, other than that, I feel I love Jingles. I love Joe Ingles, so I'm fine with him at 56. I think he should be higher. Yeah, I think he should be like high 40s or something. I think Sarge's too high. Um, I'm neutral on that. I could go with you on that. Okay. We can't – We're. Uh, I think both of us are kind of more critical by nature. we got to be careful not to say that. So many people should be knocked down, and then we don't have yeah, like people to take their yeah. spot. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, but I want to get to your Devin Booker-Robin Covington discussion. Okay, so I was looking up some numbers on this, Trev, since you asked. And it was interesting, Robert Covington versus Booker, because I saw that and was immediately repulsed. Because, as you know, I watched the entirety of the Sixers versus Celtics yeah. conference semifinal matchup in the playoffs last year. And Rocco was a complete non-factor except for you could say maybe one home game that they had where he made it, a f- like, I think three threes in, like, one half. Um, so I was under the impression that he had kind of been exposed and that the rest of the basketball world agreed with me. So when Ben and Rob had him this high, 
I wanted to take a step back and look at it, specifically when compared side by side with Devin Booker, because Devin Booker, as we know, just got the max extension, is viewed as a potential franchise player. Roko is viewed as a potential, what, like fifth best player on your championship team. So mm-hmm. right there, that that just set off some alarms. So looking at it, though, uh, the box plus minus for Booker last year was 0.5. Okay. Um, keep in mind, the Suns were 30th on defense and offense. Roko's box plus minus 2.5. Most of that is bolstered by his defensive box plus minus. RPM, which takes more into account, Booker's is negative 0.95. Roko's is 5.45. Yeah, Roko literally difference. leads small forwards in, in RPM. So what do I do with these stats? Uh, so looking back, and I dug deeper, Roko on his possessions in that conference semifinals versus Celtics gave up um, a little bit under a point per possession on defense, which is good, which is actually good. So I think it was overblown, his defensive shortcomings. There were a couple of times when he got blown by and the commentators mm-hmm. drew attention to it, and I think that stuck in my mind and other pe- or other people's minds. Obviously, he was ice-cold shooting, and that's his biggest downside. And that's, but, and that's when he's ice-cold there, he has no other offensive asset to his game. Nothing. He can't right. dribble. He can't dribble no. at all. Uh-huh. Can't really finish. Doesn't really get to the rim. Free throws. Nothing. Nothing. Like yeah, there's a reason why he wasn't drafted, and he's a self-made player, and I respect him for that. Okay. All that said, advanced stats all favor Rocco. I'm still taking Booker. Still, yeah. I'm still taking Booker. This is such an interesting case study because I think Dan, you and I, we probably rely more on advanced stats than a lot of fans, uh-huh. NBA fans, or the casual NBA fan. And I, I really do put a lot of trust in them, but this is a perfect case study on why you just can't live and die by advanced stats. you got to pair it with the eye test. You have to pair it with the eye test. You have to pair it with the team structure we talked about at the beginning. You also have to pair it with like these advanced stats. Some of them weigh defense and offense equally, like RPM does. Mm-hmm. And Roku, 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 <laughs> I was <laughs> watching some movie. Office right not, last uh-huh. night on Roku, um, has w- just the reason why he's so high in RPM is because his defensive plus minus is so high. High, uh-huh. so it kind of outweighs his his negative offense. But then there's the conversation of does is an offensive point created equal to an like a point defended on the defensive side? Is offensive points generated I'm gonna, equal? I'm going to gonna say no, but I don't know if we have time to go down that. We don't have there. time to go down that hole, and I agree with you. That's why I would still take Devin Booker over Robert. Cutler. Okay, um, we got to go. We got to find something that we disagree on. Like we really need to. Okay, all right. So, so let's just kind of walk down okay, here and see. We are in the top 50. Um, Devin Booker, Eric Gordon, Rocco, Jalen Brown, Drummond, Dragic. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen Brown is actually too high, Yeah, which might which might surprise you. Nope. Okay. I thought that take might surprise you for me. Okay. I think that Goran Dragic at 45 should be switched with Jamal Murray at 55. Or with Joe Ingles. Both of them should be mid-40s. I don't yeah. disagree with you. Ah, I love Joe Ingles. I, what about Jamal Murray, though? Because here's the thing. I kind of hate Jamal Murray because he showed up at Summer League wearing sunglasses indoors and a ripped shirt. I and actually, I saw a bunch of people try to talk to him and I, gave him all the cold we could, like I could make a bet. I could make a bet over Drogic over Jamal Murray. Okay. Like I'm look up look up a specific metric to make the bet on. Okay. I'm really low on Dragic. When I saw him last year, it looked like he had lost a step. And that heat team, I think Spolstra is just the magic thread that keeps that heat team together. I don't get it. 
and he brings the best out of Dragic. But if I'm thinking in a vacuum, I don't think he, I, I don't I don't think he contributes as much to other okay. teams. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna keep going down the list while you're looking up our bet for Jamal Murray versus Goran Dragic. Gary Harris, love him. He helped me out a ton in fantasy last year. I think his defense is mad overrated, though. Yeah, I have I'd to think. I I'd, I'd rather have Eric Gordon than Gary Harris. Like if if yeah. you're if you're the Rockets, I mean they play the same position, so I think it's fair to make this comparison. I'd rather have Eric Gordon next year than Gary Harris. Well, what kind of opened my eyes to Eric Gordon in the playoff series was how much he can still create and facilitate on his own. Yeah, yeah. Like when Chris Paul went mm-hmm. out, he really stepped into that role pretty easily. So I'm with you on that one too. Okay, uh, Otto Porter, Blake Griffin, Marcus Gasol, friend of the podcast, uh, former podcast. Ho- ho- hopefully, comes back in the future. Uh, oh, Cole yeah, Gorange. Cole. He'll tell you that Otto Porter is Clay Thompson with. In fact, that finishes at the rim, right? Is that what he says? That's what. He, yeah, and he says if he would choose Otto Porter every, over Clay Thompson every day, any day for the Jazz. Yeah. So every shooting zone, uh, Otto Porter is more efficient at with. Uh, the only one that he's not is the mid-range, like 16 to 20 feet. And that's pretty eye-opening. If this was an alternate world where Otto Porter had not done what he did or the lack of production that we saw from him in the playoffs, then I might be able to buy that train. I think he's getting knocked down a few slots because of that playoff performance. I do think he's really solid, though. He's a lights-out shooter and is probably underrated. Um, okay, I have a bet for value over replacement player. Okay, what's up? So last year, Drogic and Harris both had a 1.2 VORP. Okay. So I'm just going to say straight up, Jamal Murray has higher this year. Yeah, so let's just do $5 bet. Okay, Okay. On, good. On VORP. Hey, so we, we got to wrap this up here soon because okay. uh, I have to Today. head back. I, got, I, I have to head back home to my native land of Portland. Yeah. Hey, what time is the flight at? It's, it's in uh, less than two hours. Okay. <laughs> Trev is making big sacrifices right now. Should we just say what is your biggest? Uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? What is your biggest uh, guffaw? As look, I'm looking what at is this. What is a guffaw? I don't know. Just like a a snort of displeasure. Okay, snort of displeasure. Okay, on the entire uh, on, top on, 100. Yeah, yeah, the entire top 100. And we we left off at my the guffaw. 40. Dwight Howard at 69. No, I'm saying in the rest of the list, oh. like the top 40. Thing. I just wanted to hit on Dwight Howard a little bit more, but um, given the opportunity, let's see here. My biggest guffaw. I'm I, I can go if you're not ready. Okay, yeah, you go. I think Paul George is too high at number eleven. Gosh, man, that was mine. Yeah. Okay, we're agreeing too much. We gotta stop texting about this stuff. I think. Okay, I think that both in a vacuum, in a vacuum again, guys. I would take Carl Anthony, Anthony Towns and Jokic. Do I okay? Now that those words came out of my mouth, I don't actually know if I believe that. Over Paul George, I don't actually know if I believe that. Well, I I can't get over the entire team construct thing, and I feel like it's less really teams hard. are in need of centers. Paul George is obviously easier to yeah, have a supporting a cast around mm-hmm. or fit into a team construct than someone like Jokic is. Yeah, because uh, you have to have defensive stalwarts around Jokic, which the Nuggets don't actually have, I guess. But whatever. Uh, I actually don't know if I believe that. So I'm still scanning through the top 40 and looking for what I disagree with. So mine mine that would jump out to me would just be Rudy Gobert's at 14th. Okay. Now, this is kind of a, a veer off what we were supposed to do, because I'm. T- but I, I just need to make this point, okay? 
Make Rudy, it. Go- Rudy Gobert make is point. make the point. Rudy Gobert is a, a fantastic defensive anchor and rim protector, probably the best in the NBA, right? Did yes, you how yes, much yes. how much Rudy of the Houston yes. how much of the Houston Rocket series did a you good, watch? A good the chunk. He was Almost re- every game. He was really neutralized in the playoffs mm-hmm. a lot more than I thought he would be. And I'm just I take that into account and when I see like Gobert in a playoff series in the semifinals or some team with small ball and it's it's a series and they can really hone in on Gobert and, and get him in those mis- mismatches. I just don't see him as the 14th best player in the NBA. Lillard, Horford, Irving, Jokic, Cat, and Oladipo are all ranked below him, and I would all put all f- six of them ahead of Gobert. Okay, I'm willing. Th- I'm willing to do an advanced stat bet okay. on that one. Let's do right it there. Pick one of those players. Should we do? Should Lillard. we do Horford because they play the same position? You just said anyone. Okay, we can do Horford. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I because I don't know. I feel like he was exposed by Chris Paul and Chris Paul, who comes in at number eight on the top 100. By the way. The, I can name the players that would expose him in on like one hand. Uh, I just think there's more when there's an NBA A random thought series. that just came to my mind. I forgot to mention Tyreek Evans is a big snub from this list. I didn't even and realize I would, that. I would have cried had we ended this pot and I hadn't mentioned Tyreek Evans as a snub. Okay. Another another person above Lonzo Ball. Uh, I think Lillard, Kyrie, Chris Paul, James Harden, Steph Curry – what what other small guys are good enough? I'm I'm fine with him defending Westbrook. Really? And I think Westbrook is too high on this list. That goes into it too. Westbrook is at number seven. Okay, well I'd ra- I'd rather go the other way than drop Gobert down to twenty. I'd rather bump Gobert up to number seven for Westbrook. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so we disagree. So you think Gobert is a top but seven th- NBA player? That's what this list is. No, no, I don't think that. But I said I would rather put him that way than go the other way. Than what you just said. You'd rather have him at seven than twenty. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, we disagree yes. there. Okay, so let's let's look up a bet. Um, and halfway that's, we're we're gonna we're gonna that's start gonna be signing the, off. Yeah, that's gonna be the end. This is the ending bet right I here. I feel like I have other things to say about it though. You you look up the bet. You look up the bet. Okay, you, you keep know. going. Uh, okay. Ben Simmons is I think someone who is polarizing. I think we probably both have opinions about him. Yes. At twenty six, yes. I it's the it's the playoff argument again. As far as rookies go, I'd rather have Donovan Mitchell next year. I mean, I I say that he shouldn't be at twenty six, but then I look down the list and there's not a lot of players that I'd rather have regular season or playoffs. So I think I might be. I think I'm probably fine with Ben Simmons there. Uh, we should do a different list for playoffs, but yeah, keep. I yeah, yeah, that, that's a good thought. John Wall at twenty four. Do the John Wall, guys. Uh, I think he's going to have a really big year. I think he's going to prove that he's in the upper echelon of point guards with Kyrie Lillard, not Steph level. Did you not see the photo? The, the photo of him that came out at the mini Yeah, I saw the photo. I've also seen other photos on Instagram where he looks absolutely ripped. <laughs> I know. I'm just I have bad days in photo. I have a mustache right now <laughs> and wouldn't look that good in a team photo. So, yeah, I think John Wall, um, I see why he's at 24 but I think we could look back by the end of the year. And I'm not sure where he was at the year before, but he was higher than 24. Um, other players that I think we could look back. Let me, let me talk about Clay Thompson. Okay. Or are you yeah. bringing up that bet? Because I'm just I'm just stalling. I'm throwing out stuff. 
Clay Thompson is someone whose defense I think is really overrated and someone who stuck out as we were looking through the advanced stats. He has a negative defensive box plus minus, negative defensive RPM, and that's not the end-all be-all of defensive impact. We know that he can lock down ball handlers probably better than any other two guard, um, or right up there with other two guards. But Clay, I don't know if that's that valuable because you can just get guys to switch off of you. People hunt matchups. And it's more about what you can br- provide, or I shouldn't say it's more about it, but also your help defense, your rotations, your hands. Like Clay is has really bad steal and block rates, and I don't think that should just be totally ignored because that's a big part of defense. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'd be willing to switch Wall and Clay, twenty four and twenty two. Not the biggest switch, but hey, so I looked up some stuff for Gobert Heck and yeah. Orford. What's up? And it's making me a little more timid on my take. Why? Because Gobert killed both of them. Um, oh. well, not killed, but I, I would still, I'm still pretty confident that I would take Lillard and Jokic. And I don't know, but I, I still think Gobert's too high. But okay, I'm willing to make a bet with you about Al Horford and Gobert. I think I'm Al Horford. I think Al Horford will have more game winners than Rudy Gobert <laughs> next year. Well, Al Horford had one game winner last year. Yeah. Did Rudy have any? I think he had one two years ago. Did he ago. really? So, Rudy Gobert, the thing... That's a stupid thing to make a bet about. Well, I'll, I'll make it, though. Because I honestly don't think that they're going to go to Horford in a game-winning situation. He's, like, fourth on the pecking order. So, Al, he, the thing about Rudy Gobert <laughs> is that last year, he he only played 50-what games. Uh-huh. So, i got to give him a break. Because um, I'm looking at him statistically the past two years where he's been healthier. And... He, I mean, the guy, the guy does advanced metrics, just pops off the chart. So, I don't know what I'm comfortable <laughs> taking that at anymore. Okay, let's do, let's just do the game winner bet. Yeah, I think I that's know, fun. fun. Yeah, let's I do think it. It's stupid. I'm lighting five dollars on fire, probably. I actually, t- I, I don't see the Celtics going to Horford. I can't remember what the circumstances were last year in that game against Portland when they did that. That's just stuck in okay. my memory. Uh, can I just read? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're wrapping up. We're wrapping up. Yeah, read it. My man Trev is about to miss his flight. Just so we know the top ten, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start off at number one. All for the pod. Uh, okay, LeBron number one. Congrats, LeBron. Uh, we're gonna have to do a pod later about our preseason predictions. Yeah, by which the way. we will. Durant two, Curry three, Harden four, Davis five, Giannis six. Man, that's a stacked top six. And then this is where the fall off is. I think I think that top six is a tier. Yeah, Westbrook, Chris Paul, eight, 55, game, 55 games, Chris Paul, Embiid, nine, and Jimmy Butler, 10. It yeah. really falls off. There, is a, bi- there is a big fa- top, uh, fall off after six. Now, I think, I would th- say I think my, those top six are your MVP candidates. I would say my biggest I don't guffaw. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love that word, by the way. I don't know is, if I'm using it right. Is I know I know Kawhi Leonard is injured and he didn't play last year and they have so much like just intrigue and cure, uh, like mystery uh, surrounding him, but just just based on pure talent and and I don't think I think twelve is too low. I'd put him easily number seven and rank him above Westbrook. Okay, just I, I'm just I'm I I really do expect Kawhi to come back and perform exactly how he did on the Spurs with the Raptors. I hope that he does. And I just think the value he brought, he was a fr- even he was an I MVP candidate. Yeah, even I know you do. But when you're looking at everything, I think that's just too low. And I, I would put him top seven. Yeah, the NBA is better when you have Kawhi highlights. Um, 
when you have Kawhi playing. Yeah, it's totally. a lot better. So I'm going to sign off on this pod by doing my bet to the world, and that is my beloved Portland Trailblazers are the ninth seed in basically every single preseason <laughs> prediction. And you know what? I don't necessarily disagree. It's going to be tough for them to sneak in, but I got to stand with my boys. So anyone who texts me, Facebooks me, tweets me, at my my treat is at Trevor Wohler, okay? $5. I think the Blazers are making the playoffs. That's the bet. Anyone who wants to take the bet, you're betting the, Bla- the Blazers don't make the playoffs. I'll bet everyone in the world if they want to do that bet. Okay. So are you taking Wait, me up how, on how it? How much you got in the bank account? Actually, you banking my, with these days? My limit, my limit might be like $500. Okay. So that's, but I don't know how many, that's like 100 people to bet. 100 people reaching out. But yeah, that would be something. I'm making my bet to just open it up. And I did this in 2015 right after LMA left, and it was just Damon CJ. And I, 10 people took me up on the bet. I was $50 richer. So I'm just riding with it. I think they, I still think they're going to sneak in and be one of the top uh, six, seven, or eight seeds. So gotcha. wh- how do you feel about that? Uh, I gotta, I gotta really dig deep, not dig deep. I gotta, I gotta dig into it and see how I feel about it. Cause I could go back and forth. Any of the teams in the West, like three to 10, I can talk myself into them being anywhere seated three to 10. Yep. It depends on how I'm feeling on a certain day. Yep. It's probably just going to come down to injuries. So we'll see. I am pretty high on the nuggets though. I, I just think it would be cool to see the nuggets, but. And I I can't have the Lakers out of the playoffs. That's no, I think you have to put. We'll we'll talk about it later, though. We'll have another pod for preseason predictions. So, uh, shout out Ben Golliver, Rob Mahoney, heck of a top one hundred list. Hey, you did. We disagree on some places, but the whole purpose of this was to get the juices flowing. I'm stoked for the season. Gets us primed and ready. Man, there's so many people we didn't talk about. We didn't get. I didn't get to to talk to all of them. We'd be on here for three hours. I didn't get to give. Yeah, I had more things to say about Carl Anthony Towns and Jokic. Those two are just going to be together their entire career. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you haven't, yeah, the NBA just needs it needs to start. It's almost time. I was start, I was watching the U.S. Open tennis matches at nighttime. Then those stopped happening. So now I mean, you're just gonna, no, yeah. It's the nothing. dead season there's right nothing. now <laughs> before it, yeah MLB playoffs start. But yeah. it's almost time. It's also almost time for my plane to take off. All right. So baby. on that note. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Trev. Uh, to our loyal yes. listeners and fans, thank you very much. 